0: Pigweed here. Today we review a saison and discuss Michel Foucault. <music> Hello and welcome to Beer in Conversation with Bigweed and Crowhill. Good evening, Crow. Good evening, Pigweed. All right.
1: Hey, but what's that extra clink? E- extra clinking extra, going extra on. Extra clinking. You right. Right. know what that means? That means that uh, that we have Longinus here. Longinus with us. is here. Why do we have Longinus here with us? Well, because he twisted our
0: arms into talking about Foucault and French postmodernism. Mm. Who else oh, would? Would yeah. neither we, we wouldn't have come up with this terrible no, idea. No, no, we would not have come
1: up with <laughs> this on our own. But yeah. All right. So, what's on your mind, though? Well, well, this. All right. For the attitude of modernity. The high value of the present is indissociable from a desperate eagerness to imagine it, to imagine it otherwise than it is, and to transform it, not by destroying it, but by grasping it in what it is. Dear Lord. <laughs> what the heck does that mean? I don't know. I need a beer. I can't say that it's on my mind. Because it's, just, <laughs> it's in that book. In it's in the <laughs> book, but not in my mind. Oh, yeah, I think we need to have a beer. And so we, I tried to get a French beer. It looks French about, to me. I right, was talking about uh, Michel Foucault. So, uh, you know, there are some French beers, but none of them were really very interesting. <laughs> and ended up getting a beer from Quebec, which they speak French. Okay, well, good. And <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. it looks French. The label looks yeah. French. Yeah, it has yeah, a tout le monde, whatever that means. And it's from this brewery called um, Unibrew, and it's a Belgian saison ale called Megadeth, four point five percent alcohol. Yeah. So you know, French French would have farmhouse ales or saisons, mm-hmm. and so this is close to being a French beer.
0: Well, I would call that uh, tout le monde. What does that mean? I'm trying to find out. Tout le monde is everybody, everyone,
1: everyone. All right, mm. everyone in the world, I guess. Everyone in the world. Okay, everyone in the world can drink. Okay,
0: this beer. so it's. What did you say it was? A saison? A saison. And yes. it's, uh, sometimes they say farmhouse.
1: Yeah, right. Farmhouse, saison, similar kind of concept. And usually they're. Table
0: beer? Is that? Is that? Yeah, it's
1: usually lower alcohol. Yeah. Uh, it's the kind of beer that you would make for the farm, for people to just drink on a regular basis. They tend to be uh, a little wild. A little wild, little wild that, yeasty. Yeast, uh, yeah, yeah, yeasty. A little mm-hmm. wild yeasty. They tend to be, you know, kind of pale in color. Sometimes there's some uh other kind of spices and things added to a saison
0: says it, dry hopped and spice but i'm not really
1: sure i'm not I'm getting good. a whole lot of that no. not getting same a whole lot of just that a plain old yeah say and, and, and in a way it tastes a bit like a wheat beer okay. uh, some of some of the same kind of yeasty character mm-hmm. as a, as yeah a wheat yeah beer. i mean
0: it's like a f- uh yeah yeah a fancy blue moon
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's a good way to put it yeah it's it's nice i like it it's a very drinkable beer um so, say, it's a it's a style I've never tried myself no. personally. I've no. never uh, no. never tried to brute I haven't either. Yeah. All right. So, the Michel French. Foucault. Why do we care about Michel Foucault? Well,
0: because everybody says uh, he's the, one of the most influential philosophers of the tw- 20th century, and I find I find.
1: Uh, it's not necessarily just a, that's a philosopher, more of a and story in many respects, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? Well, so what I understood was that, you know, people try to characterize him as a philosopher, but he, like, talked about economics, and he talked about all kinds of other things. Yeah, so he, right, he did, politics. The, he
0: did the, the history. Well, what do you have over there, Longinus? you he, have some background? what's about what, what, how old he you, you born and yeah, all that Yeah,
2: he hated labels. Yeah. He, he didn't like to be called and a he philosopher historian. He word history. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, he hated history. He he was a genealogist, and we could talk about that. But yeah, he he was a uh, uh, extremely influential, and I think all roads go through Foucault now, and 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 in the intellectual environment uh, since the nineteen eighties. Um, but you know, he was born in nineteen twenty six. Okay, all right. And so he,
0: right, so he becomes a. Becomes a university student in the 40s, right? So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: He finishes high school, or, or the equivalent of high school, in 1943. Uh, and by the time he's in college, uh, just to let you know, he was a active homosexual, and I think that his is a, a homosexual... Uh, predilections and uh, was something that was, an, was frowned on at the time of the thing and it had yep. an influence on him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in, in college he, he drifted towards philosophy. His his biography isn't like he did anything great except for mm-hmm. read a lot of books and okay. wrote a lot of books and that's sort of what this uh, uh, biography is about. So like, uh, uh,
0: Nietzsche, I think, pushed him into mm-hmm. philosophy.
2: Right? Yeah. Well, uh, he was into philosophy before that but Nietzsche was the aha uh-huh moment okay. that really pushed him to question the sort of the philosophy that he was studying. You know, so he, so he immersed himself in the writings of uh, Hegel, mm-hmm. uh, which is nuts, too. If you try to read Hegel, I mean, mm-hmm. his yeah. senses are going to be worse than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Marx, which is something that, yep. it, well, you could read Marx. He makes sense. Herschel, well, it doesn't make very much sense. And if you try to read Heidegger, and he loved Heidegger. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but Heidegger was, you know, Heidegger had to create his own, his, his own vocabulary and pretty much his own language to try to, uh, get away from, uh, um, uh, the philosophy he was rebelling against. Uh, but so he had the, so he had the, these incredible influences and, and all of the philosophers I just mentioned that were so influential and. In, um. In twentieth century, uh, uh, intellectuality, uh, everything—not just philosophy, but science and you know, when, and psychology. When philosophers
1: make up their own their own language and their own words, it reminds me of this great Calvin and Hobbes strip, where <laughs> where the teacher says, "You know, please explain something or other in your own words." And, Cal, and Calvin writes down "block oog oog bag," do, do, you know, complete nonsense. And goes, I love loopholes. <laughs> <laughs> So you know he, he he
2: took a particular interest in uh, the history of science, which we'll will say one of his best books. Uh, and he was a lover of uh, uh, Gaston Bachelard. I might have said that wrong, <laughs> but that's all right. And he was a philosopher, and basically basically a philosopher of science at the time. Science was so important in the in the twentieth century of for, for, for philosophy. What do, what do we do with it? What what does it mean? Uh, is, is, is science as the uh, arbiter of truth. You know, is that true or not? And, yes. Or can we prove it philosophically? But he earned his, his BA in philosophy in 1948. Got his master's in 49, mm-hmm. and he attained a bachelor's in psychology in 49 and another degree in 53. Mm-hmm. Um, also very interesting, he joined the Communist Party in 1950. Okay. But... 50, right he was never very active in it and i think he was always questioning it and then he just leaves the darn thing in 53 so by 53 he's not he's he's not following the intellectual steps of of what was happening in france at the time uh, from 1951 to 55 he taught psychology not not philosophy uh-huh. uh and in 1953 on a trip to italy he discovers nietzsche okay and nietzsche just blows his mind right. you know and, and gives him the revelation to really pursue his his ideas and now the rest of it i'll just we'll we'll, we'll talk about you know, the his his works 1960 was his second book his first book wasn't well received uh was madness and civilization mm-hmm. 1963 was birth of the clinic Uh, 1966, and I think this is his his best work or his opus magnus or his most popular work, called The Order of Things, and that was sort of his history of science. Um, uh, uh, His uh, archaeology uh, book uh, was in 69, Discipline and Punish was in 75, and then, which is really interesting, he writes three volumes about the history of sexuality. And the first one is, is, quote-unquote, his introduction in 78, the uses of pleasure in 85, and the care of the self in 86. Now, he dies in 84, so 85 and 86 were posthumously published. (laughs) Uh, But he dies of AIDS in in 1984. He was a, a homosexual that really pushed things. Uh, and uh, he uses his 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 philosophy, um, I think, as you said, really to question everything about the modernist worldview. That's really and, so good. Yeah. 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 So so I mean that's really it. He uh, wasn't, you know, he wasn't, you know, he didn't jump out of planes, you know, he didn't, you know, uh, climb the the Matterhorn or anything like that. He was just a philosopher, a voracious reader. Uh, He was somebody that When he was in college, you know, I think I went to college dorm room and the first thing I see are a couple posters of beautiful women that are barely dressed or even dressed at all. You know, on his dorm room, it's it's nothing but uh, torture, torture and mayhem. (laughs) Yeah. And and those were the things that were were, where he was interested in. uh, uh, Was it Jean Genet? Um, Yeah. Um Maquita Ma- Ma- Saad was sort of uh, what he was really fascinated with. Boom, that's it. All
0: right, very good. And his writing is unreadable. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm I did figure out
1: this. one secret to reading him. All right. You have to eliminate all the subordinate clauses because he, he has so many subordinate uh, clauses. Uh, like, you know, you'll be reading through, and so he'll start saying something and there'll be all these, just get rid of all the subordinate clauses, read the, the rest of the sentence Right. So that you get what he's saying, then go back and read it. Right. So it's like you have to read, in, you have to read every word twice because you're going. You read it and then you read mm-hmm. it again. It's really annoying. But I'll
0: but I'll say to let him off the hook. Most philosophers are because most philosophers yeah. are writing for other philosophers. Yeah. The guy's job, the the person who's going to distill that down and make it understandable to the third year university student, is the university professor. Yeah. And so, he, because. He, he, he's not going to stop and tell you when he says anti-Hegelian. Explain the whole history of the Hegelian philosophy right. and why. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. there are all these assumptions built in yep. that you, you know when I'm speaking to other philosophers. So yeah, like you said, what's being in time, right? The, 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 Nietzsche. Most of these guys are virtually unreal. So I'm not just I'm not picking on him. So I, what I'm what I'm well, all I'm getting at, just declaring my own <laughs> ignorance, and that most of what I got out of. Uh, Foucault is secondary sources. It's people who are saying, what he's saying here is. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. like, thank you. Why didn't he say that? But I understand why he didn't say that. Because, you know,
1: it's well, what he does. Yeah, but but at the same time, I, I'm a big advocate of if you can't express something clearly, you probably don't understand it as well as you think you do. And so when I see people with all this complicated language and they can't express something simply, my reaction is... Maybe you don't understand what you're talking about as well as you well, think I, you understand. I,
0: I understand what you're saying, but in these the 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 second thing that we read on uh, truth on, on truth and power, mm-hmm. it's it's sort of an interview. Yeah. And the guy asking the questions is as I don't want to say pretentious, but is uh, is Almost. Uh, yeah. you know is as philosophically verbose as he is. Yeah. I don't even understand the question before Foucault gets. So I mean. He has an audience Mm -hmm. that he's speaking directly to who are are completely getting it. I'm just admitting I don't get it. But see, sometimes, sometimes
1: sometimes I read that sort of thing, and I'm thinking you're acting as if you're understanding one another and having a conversation, but maybe you're actually not. You know, maybe you're both just talking gobbledygook (laughs) and playing a game. Yeah, it's right. It's a little bit of intellectual
0: theater that the two of you are participating (laughs) in. And
1: neither one of you want to admit it. (laughs) I I, I mean,
2: there is... I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sure there's part of that. But there is the... the, um, Somebody understood it <laughs> because yeah. somebody came out and distilled it into common speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: you're right, you're right. And there, I mean, there there are probably 500 people out there writing di- dissertations on Foucault right now. Yeah, right. you know, so right,
2: yeah. right. It's I not... mean, you know, I didn't really understand Foucault until I, you know. Uh, I mean, I I didn't understand Heidegger really until I picked up the uh, you know the Being in Time Heidegger uh, uh, you know the guy went you know chapter by the, chapter the guide through to. It. The, the guide too right yeah. yeah but there's always the guide to, all all the philosophy right
0: there's uh, oh, always yeah, the always, guide Always, yes yep. absolutely so
1: uh, so we read uh, two uh, essays
0: so, so we think he's yeah so we're thinking of him as uh, so he is a postmodernist yeah and since. All intellectual movements, or movements of well, anything, architecture, whatever, yeah. as a reaction to a previous movement. So, if he says postmodernist, well, then I guess you have to talk about modernist, which is going to get us into the first essay. So, so what is modernism? That he, what is modernism, so that you can be postmodernism?
1: <laughs> right. So, actually, he says, uh, modern philosophy is the philosophy that is attempting to answer the question raised uh by this one what is enlightenment he says his he thinks modern philosophy is the attempt to answer the question what is enlightenment
0: right and but he's referring to a specific right uh uh, essay by kant who was answering the question a hundred years earlier right right so and
2: uh and And as we read that, j- j- just remember that he's always, I, I won't say playing games, but that's part of it, playing games. But mm. he's always presenting this stuff in a multi multivalent way, yeah. meaning that there are several different meanings. It's, it's almost, I won't say it's almost like a poem, but there are different, he, he, he consciously presents different ideas with the same language same words
0: yes so modernism is built on the enlightenment principles of of science like you're saying earlier uh longinus that there was a point where science was uh, about to replace philosophy with the logical positivists who were Mm -hmm. i mean if 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 you can't find the truth to it, then why, why are you even asking the question? What is all of this? Mm-hmm. And they reacted to that, but it was a belief in the improvement of mankind through science,
1: and, and there was some reason right. for that because science had had discovered so many amazing things yeah. in, in this time period, and you know the splitting of the atom and like all so many just astonishing things that there was a there was a kind of oh, we, fig- we, 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 thing. We, we,
0: we figured out that the sun is at the center of the universe, so that right. would, that would be a, a start. But, yeah, but but
1: but even just like in Foucault's life, the the um, the amazing advancements of science led people to this kind of an idea that pure science, physics, math, that kind of thing, could explain everything. Right. That that once that everything else, like thought and love and everything that all you can imagine, to... all that stuff, really reduced down in the final analysis to. Physical laws and you know yeah, chemical exactly. reactions yeah. and and that sort of thing right. and so there there was this attitude of we're gonna we're gonna answer everything and Foucault was in a in a way kind of reacting against that and saying well wait a minute <laughs> you, uh-huh. you know maybe you're not answering anything. right I, I,
0: I, the I, first cracks I, in that I think was the post World War One generation. Who are going, wait a minute, we've been, you're you're talking a little bit later in Foucault's life, but Mm -hmm. I think the first cracks are after investing so much emotional, intellectual capital in science as the improved the answer to improve mankind and then you look at the ashes of world war 1 and go yeah really this Real. is
1: this, yeah, this is, is science this it? is what we this well, is where
2: it, we've gotten right i mean it was you know i think it was more than science it was it was the idea that history was on a trajectory of human progress i think it uh-huh. was that uh, we would we we would learn how to live happy lives and 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 things like that. I I would also just say better too living is through chemistry.
0: R- right <laughs> better
2: living through chemistry. I would also say that you know the the enlightenment or the science is also based on two other basic principles. It's, it's or, or, or two basic philosophical traditions. Uh, empiricism, okay. uh, which you really see from uh, uh, David Hume and David Hume cutting the legs off of a, of empiricism, but also uh, the uh, a pure reason. Yeah. You know that's why you get the, the creation of the Kant's critique of pure reason. So the idea that you know pure reason that we that pure reason can make sense of the per, the empirical phenomena. And at that really, and trying to really go back to Descartes, who was, um, you know, who split the mind and body uh, together, which
1: almost, in some sense, created modern philosophy. Right. So, I, I guess from my relatively slim understanding of Foucault, I think his reaction to a lot of those those kind of things would be, you, you know, you you're you're flattering yourself by saying that you have pure reason that. You think you're you have pure reason, but really everything that you think has been molded by all these contingent, temporary things. Right. So we
0: we would think that something something like fashion or whatever, like you know, this is this is really nothing. There's no truth to it. It's just a collection of. Outside influences, and but, science is, but <laughs> science is not like that. And he like, wants to say no. Sorry, no, no. science it's is like just that. like that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so
1: he wants to say all these things that you think of as rationality and yes. reason, and you know, independent whole, of 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 a personality and opinion and truths that right. we hold to be self evident, and all <laughs> all those <laughs> yeah. other kinds of things. Sorry, you no, know, those are just contingent, historical, temporary things. That really don't have the substance that you think. But right, have.
2: right. There's there's an historical context that actually created th- those ideas, right. and the
1: the idea you know
2: he, he attacks so well um, the idea of scientific objectivity, right? That there you know, and, and and to the point where Richard Rorty comes out and says there is no. Objective world out there. Hmm. He also comes over there and he object, he, he uh, attacks subjectivity in the sense of what is an author, and saying that well you know you're not you're not a real individual person. You're just a, a combination of all of your historic contexts uh, uh, throughout. What your was
1: the life. what was the law? What was the lawsuit that just came out? The the famous uh, British songwriter. Who got sued oh, because yeah, uh, yeah. because they thought that he was Sharon, ripping off. Yeah,
0: Sharon,
1: yeah. yeah Ed Sharon was was ripping off of something from Marvin Gaye. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And and the I mean part of the argument there is everything is derivative of something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Right? And that's that's the way it is. I mean, you can't you can't make up something absolutely brand new. You're <laughs> yeah. always standing on somebody's shoulders. So, in a sense, the it's kind of following up on what right. you were talking about, that yeah, this isn't an original idea. This isn't something new. Everything is just built on the assumptions and everything else that's been fed into you. Know? Right. Yeah. But
2: the difference between postmodernism and what came before the uh, structuralists was is the structuralists believed that it was really built on and they could come to a rational, general understanding of all of the historic context that you were creating. Because everything is based on historical context, but... The structuralists believe that you could go back and create sort of a general understanding of that. And Fuchs says, no, hmm. no, you can't do that.
1: So I, I actually, today, I, I went to ChatGPT and asked, yeah. It, yeah. asked it to explain postmodernism to me. All right. And it came up with uh, one, two, three, four, five things skepticism towards meta narratives. Right. The right. idea that they reject the idea of a grand narrative or a universal truth that can explain all of human history and human experience,
2: the rise and fall of the Roman Empire.
1: Yeah, or or the yeah. idea that everything is trending toward a positive direction, dra- any, right. any of those kind of ideas that there's some big story right. behind history, uh, deconstruction, the idea of analyzing underlying assumptions and you know trying to trying to get underneath, undermining the, the assumptions people are making, fragmentation, the idea that everything's contingent, that there's no fixed state, no stable objective reality. You're you're trying to mm-hmm. you're trying to break everything up into pieces. Uh, play and experimentation—the idea that you're gonna, you're not gonna be so fixated on trying to be right that you're not gonna just kind of have fun and toy around with things—and then finally a critique mm-hmm. of modernism, which is defined as reason, progress, and universalism. It's like no, there is no reason, progress, and universalism. Mm-hmm. It's just historical contingency, and uh, things are the way they are for all these. Complicated interplays of other kinds of factors. Yeah, Explain, but it yeah. seems
0: to me like it's a—it's very much an anti-philosophy without replacing it with anything. Yeah, and I'm exactly like, what I'm like it the is. world is so complicated. The we're, word, we're daggone it—we're just doing our best to try to organize things into some patterns so that we can get get some sense of what's going on. If you just—if you'd rip away all the patterns, then you're just I don't know. You're 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 staring at modern art, going, I don't know what to make of that.
2: Well, that, and 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 what did modern art do? And what did postmodern art do? Is it stripped away everything? Yeah, yeah. It, it stripped away what we thought was were things of beauty. Yeah, and, yes, and will we'll question that to the point that it wasn't. Looked at anymore. So
0: now you've got a guy duct taping a banana to the to the wall and selling yeah. it for one hundred fifty thousand dollars because it's such genius.
2: And then some
1: <laughs> student came in and ate the banana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what this reminds well, me that was a part bit, of the art, right? Yeah. <laughs> what this reminds me of a little bit is one thing that that Jordan Peterson has been harping on a lot recently is that we see everything as story. That everything is in the context of a story, and postmodernism undermines that story. Like, you know, any culture has to have sort of an origin myth and a, and things that it accepts and th- things they say, this is the right way to live, this uh-huh. is the wrong what is, way to what live. Is it,
0: what does it mean to be Cambodian? Right, yeah, exactly. Right,
1: right, right. What, what does it mean just to be a good person? What does it mean to be a father, a husband? All, all kinds of different things. Those are all stories, and we orient ourselves in the world through these stories, and postmodernism basically... Wants to tear it all up and say, sorry, it's all it's all nonsense. Yeah,
0: but without right. replacing with anything. Yes. That's the frustrating part.
2: Well yes. if, if, if you replace it with something, isn't that uh, replacing it with another meta story?
0: Well it, it, well that's exactly what it is. That's why the yeah. Marxist liked Foucault, but Foucault didn't like the Marxists because the Marxists are like, you're right. All those power structures, we got to get rid of those. And he's like, okay, that's cool. And he goes, and we'll replace it with this. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like no, well, no, that's the he's say, that You're just the same thing.
1: You're just giving us a new... Well, Foucault story. was right about that, right? He was dead right about yeah. it. Yep, so that's a positive. <laughs> yeah. Check, oh, no, we got I, one I, for I, Foucault. Oh, I've, got a
0: couple, I've got some positives in here. All right, go ahead, I'm going to get to,
1: for okay. sure. All right. Yeah, so I, I think a lot of what Foucault did was just sort of undermining and tearing things down but he did at the at the end of what is enlightenment and and longinus we've talked about this before and you're not going to agree with me on this but i i see him as in the very towards the very end of what is enlightenment he breaks things down into three areas yeah mm-hmm. there's relations of control over things or how we are constituted as subjects of our own knowledge and then he has that that's that's what he calls the access of knowledge the axis of power is relations of actions upon others, or how we are constituted as subjects who exercise or submit to power relationships. And then the axis of ethics, which is funny because he reduces all that down to relations with oneself. It's not relation hmm. to sort of any sort of external standard. Right. Ethics to him is just relations with yourself yeah, but where you get I think my own truth <laughs> know, yeah exactly that. but I think those those three things the axis of knowledge the axis of power and the axis of ethics are kind of the the bottom line points of what he's trying to get across in what is Enlightened. What is Enlightened? It, it, it's, it's, but he
2: questions all of that it, now, uh, if well he, cre- he he questions the modernist understanding of those three aspects. Yes. Yes. And, absolutely. And, and saying that they're a heck, they're, they're a hell of a lot more relative than the modernists would 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 say. In mm-hmm. fact, the modernists wouldn't say they were relative at all. They were all looking for the absolute. And he's saying, ah, you don't do that. And
0: anymore. in, in his histories of, in his genealogies of, or archaeologies of, because he feels like he's digging backwards through the layers, mm-hmm. right, as opposed to. I, I guess he doesn't want to use history because it carries the baggage that he doesn't want. So he used, but he does histories of things of things like um, medical of hospitals mm-hmm. of treatment of the mentally ill right. and of punishment and uh, what, what do you call it, prison and imprisonment. Right. But, yeah, so one and thing, sex
2: like, and sexuality. I mean, I, right. I mean that was his last thing that just you know created the gender studies. And, and so what you know, I think
0: what he's so. Uh, my understanding of his criticism of the enlightenment that in all of those areas you we look at look you know back to 100 years 200 years and go my god what were they thinking you know thank god we have got made the, the progress that we've made mm-hmm. and so in all of those he goes he tells the history but concludes not with see how much progress we've made but are we really that much better off
1: right Right. No, another another element of it I thought I found very interesting was a lot of people try to see power the way power is exercised through very specific areas through the church, through the state, through lawyers, through you know through these different yeah. institutions. Yeah, right. And he's trying to break that down and say no, wait a minute. Power is exercised through all kinds of other dispersed things. Just the way the way you talk to your friends. The you know the the stuff you, the TV shows that you watch, the all all kinds of other things are are bending your way of looking at reality and what it means to be to live a decent life and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's not, not just these down. Big, the man, yes.
0: the man is you, and by design, or, or not by design, not by anybody's design, but by the desire to have a which which is why I'm sort of sort of sympathetic to the power in the man mm-hmm. because the idea is well, look. Everybody's behavior. We, we got to get on the same page here, and so we're going to use these systems of shame and uh, to make you be the kind of person that I would want to be a neighbor of. Yeah. By you, by, by, by not forcing you, by not forcing your behavior, but by encouraging your behavior to be in such a way that you are a good tax-paying, non-criminal
1: citizen. Right. And I'm like, yeah, what's wrong with that? Or what's the alternative to that? <laughs> right. So the, 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 philosoph- the Philosophize This podcast had a really good illustration of this, which is, you know, you wake up in the morning, you take a shower, and you're thinking about what are you going to wear today? <laughs> yeah. And you don't for a second think, I'm going to go to work naked. Right. Like It doesn't even occur to you. Or if it does occur to you, you immediately reject it. Mm-hmm. Because... The whole culture, in all these different ways, has been telling you your whole life that's not what you do. Yeah, hold you on. Let me ta- on me clothing. take that a little. But let me take a little bit further. Okay. So then you're saying, I'm, not, well, I'm oh, of
0: course I'm not going to go naked, but as an independent agent, free thinking, free will kind of guy, I'm going to put on that shirt. Well, <laughs> that's influenced by it's the tw- well. You're living in the 21st century. You're living on the East Coast of the right. United States. Your uh, your 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 work has certain expectations right all of these are you know, some uh, a, the secretary once said that shirt uh, look matches your eyes yeah so these are all f- powers yes that are influencing the decisions that you're that, that you're about to make yes and... yes
1: and and I hey, wait, all wait, wait, those things ahead. are true all those things are true but I dislike him calling it power I yeah. don't see that as the exercise of power because because he wants to make power a bad thing. You know every, every, everybody oh, is, and, is 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 he though I mean I, that's a that's well that's question. that was that was my interpret that was my impression that is that,
0: that all of these powers are oppressive and denying you your individuality but where are you where are you without your relationship to everybody else
1: in in history in time? Family yeah. work. So he does make a distinction between oppressive and normative powers. You know, the, the oppressive powers are like the police and all that, and the normative powers are the kind of things where, what are you doing wearing that shirt? You know, that 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 kind <laughs> of thing. But, but I I just don't like expressing that as power, because because I think a lot of postmodernism is this idea is trying to reduce everything to power in a, in a way that doesn't resonate with me. I think it's it's a it's an influence. It's a it's a Push, but I, I don't think of it. As but the power. other thing
0: is, it's not revolutionary. The, Freud was talking about, Dostoevsky was talking about a hundred years before.
1: Right. That, right, right he,
0: remember, right. In, in we uh, under the Underground Man. Yeah. He s- develops this relationship with his toothache because he knows that that is one thing that is not being influenced by outside. <laughs> and right. this is yeah. true to this me. This is my experience. This is my experience, and it's not being shaped. By any outside forces, so this is this has been going on for for hundred right. years yeah. before him.
2: Oh yeah, it it, it has been, and, and and it shows in, in you know uh, Nietzsche. Nietzsche's crazy. I mean, Nietzsche is is a lot like Foucault. And in fact, Foucault you could say is a Nietzschean. Yeah, on I, think he said, I think
0: he would say that.
2: You know, the will to power. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and the whole idea of trying to take control control of yourself and and um, so yeah so it it is interesting I you know he he tries to make power the most fundamental influence of of in the universe and that's <laughs> that's where yeah I think that's where he goes wrong and if if you remember in the introduction here he talks he first starts talking about no his his great debate with Noam Chomsky yeah. You know, and I'm sure you guys don't agree with Noam Chomsky very much, but I think you would agree with him here, where Noam Chomsky was like, "Well, what, 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 wait a minute," so you don't believe in any type of moral grounding whatsoever, and Foucault's like, "Yeah, that's probably right," and then and, and Foucault's well, like, I, I, "I can't talk to
1: you anymore." Well, so here here's I'm gonna have to bring up the the difficult subject. <laughs> to what extent was Michel Foucault's view of rejecting the man and power influenced by his homosexuality yeah totally yeah yeah because because he's not not only homosexual which was not uh, a nice thing to be during his lifetime but also apparently maybe a bit of a pedophile I, yeah, I would say, though... It's the
0: sadomasochistic the, the end of yeah, that uh, right. gay spectrum.
2: But I would say that his homosexuality and the way that he dealt with, it was probably um, defined and shaped by the power structures of anti-homosexuality.
1: Exactly. Of course,
0: exactly. That's, yes, that's, that's exactly
1: what, the point.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what
0: got his mind focused right. on these yes, power right. structures that it, that it's it's not because, you know, God says it's illegal. The whole culture, everybody, right. everybody is is providing this pressure, this anti-homosexual
1: pressure. Who are pressure. all these people yeah. providing mm-hmm. all this pressure from multiple... It's not, all these it's not directions. like the only thing... It's not like the only thing holding me back from doing what I want to do. If I'm Michel Foucault, is because the police are saying no. It's everybody, not just that. everybody. Everybody would. Just, everybody. everybody. No.
0: No. Everybody really wants to be homosexual, but the man says you can't be. That's not what's going on. The pressure is all the way down. Yeah. So right. he's reacting
1: to these pressures yeah. that he's. So he I think that's what from... makes
0: him go in that direction. Think of analyzing. Yeah. That's great. Where do these things come from? Right. So yeah.
1: Yeah. So I. So anyway, to me that that really jumps out as a as a kind of a psychological basis for why he came to the kinds of conclusions he came to
0: yeah i thought the in the philosophize this the discussion of uh, the history of punishment Mm -hmm. going from a Mm -hmm. monarchical that was very brutal you know all, all all those brutal tortures torture devices and drawing drawing and quartering a person that's already dead I mean what is even going on here well actually he's got a pretty good explanation of what's going on here yes and then how it changes over the years but so but it it, but what he's saying is just because we got to the point where we don't draw and quarter people in, in front of a crowd now we put people in solitary confinement to to control their minds instead of torturing their ripping their flesh off their bodies yeah um, have we made the kind of progress that you think you make that that that, that, that you've made?
1: Right. Yeah. So C.S. Lewis has a, a famous essay where <laughs> he talks about how this idea that you put someone in jail to reform to reform them. Yeah. He says that's that's awful because there's no end to that. Uh-huh. Like if somebody if somebody does a crime and there's a specific punishment, <laughs> yeah, right? Like when like we talked about S- Singapore and caning. Yeah, right. There's you know a what is, There might punishment.
0: actually be something better about caning. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: yeah. So there's a, like you do this crime. Here's your punishment. Then you're out. You're free. Yeah. But there's no end to reform. Like who gets to decide when you're done being reformed? Yeah. When, when you've been uh, finished. Because all you're looking, right... yeah.
0: Because what you're looking for is son, have you got your mind right? Yeah. Right? Are you going to go out into society and be a good man? Yeah. Uh, and some people will never. But how you measure that, I mean, was, but the entire the entire penal system is based on this. Yeah. And he's uh, right to criticize it. So, so, say, so let me ask the, yeah. another,
1: another hard question here. To what extent do you think Michel Foucault's work contributes to the kind of craziness we have in our culture today, where everything is ordered towards, you know, I get to define who I am, and reality has nothing to do with it, yep. and yes. all, all right. totally, There's a whole my truth,
2: right? He 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 takes truth and redefines it as a power struggle, yeah. or as a power push. Maybe is a better yes. way to say it. And truth does becomes nothing but. A relative, statement from the person who wants it.
0: And the, yeah, and so CRT is is tied.
1: Yeah, in, that's exactly 100% where you get, get 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 your laws off my body and all all that kind of stuff. Is this idea mm-hmm. of if you're not letting me do what I think, then you're oppressing me.
0: me. Uh, um, um, that expressive individualism of the ultimate truth, my ultimate truth is me being able to express my individuality above you and everybody else and anybody
1: else's rules. Right, and right. nobody has a right to change that. Yeah. Right, and, and, and the thing is, is he
2: butts up against science, and he questions science, mm-hmm. and he and, and he does so in a couple of these essays, right? Yeah. And, and says that, you know, science is nothing but sort of the the handmaiden of a... a our group.
1: Well, you right? know, honestly, based on what we've just experienced with COVID, that maybe I agree with. Well, you. <laughs> hold on.
0: Let's. Uh, all right, we're getting late here. Let, yeah. let me go. Let me, based on just what, what you, exactly what you've just said, let me say some nice things about Foucault. Uh, right. That's one thing. Is he's totally suspicious of the ruling class of experts. Yes. Right. He would not. He would not be on board for this. The science. Right. Right. That's exactly what he's saying. We don't have mm-hmm. the uh, the the ruling class of experts. Uh, thus, scientific consensus. Right. Uh, he wouldn't be going for that. No. This the cancel culture. Mm-hmm. So yes, challenging somebody's view is fine. But if you just turn around and then impose another one on top of it, you go know, these these things that you've been thinking. Uh, you know these power. Uh, what do I call it? what 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 is it called systems of power? Yeah. Which is where we get. Systemic racism yeah, and systemic right. oppression—they're wrong, and we're go But we're going to replace it with this. Like, you have missed the whole point. Yeah, you're it, now repl- You—you've just said we have a. Right. I, I have come up with a new standard that you got. You guys have had the wrong standard all along because you're, you know, these systems of power. I have uh, identified those systems of power
1: but I'm going to put in place a new system of power. It's it's almost exactly it's almost exactly parallel to his rejection of communism. It's like yeah. it's like the, you're, com- you're right. the com- Foucault and the communists both recognized similar things and like all these things are oppression and, but then the com- the communists want to say yes but now we're going to impose a new rule <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and
0: Foucault's like no 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 that's that's not I the think answer. that I think uh you know rewriting books re-re-editing as as if,
2: <laughs>
0: as if you are the endpoint in history. Yes, as if you're as if the every, standard. Everybody has been wrong up yep. till now, and he would say, "Yeah, they have been." However,
2: you're yep. gonna be wrong too. I have
0: finally, we you know, we are the ones we've been waiting for, <laughs> and now we. Oh, gosh. He he he'd be like, "You've just missed the whole point. Yeah. You were right up until you decided that there's a new standard of behavior that every that nobody had before in, in history has identified properly." Thank goodness I'm here. Right. So what are you talking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right. it's, it's, Foucault would be against that. He was an anti-Marxist, I like that. The uh, uh, not being willing to. Or how about, how about this? The, the the disinformation campaign. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's challenging all of these truths, and now we're going to let this class of experts decide what the new truth is. Right. I think he'd be, think he, that, think he'd right. be appalled by that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Right, but is he appalled by having different groups define their own truth
1: for themselves? No. 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 But that's but, that's but, so
0: that's where that's where he's 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 the problem. But um, so <laughs> so I uh, think this, right that that uh, identity politics. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he'd be on board with that.
1: I I think Foucault would would but like, we should, well, like okay. to have people with their own little communities. Yeah. You define everything the way that's fine. You guys just don't bother those people. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes, he, he, he would like
0: that, but then once that group decides that they... They are now allowed to impose theirs on everybody else. Yep. Oh, but,
2: that was, right. but that wasn't. But that wasn't one of his universal truths. It's don't
1: bother other people. He never said that. Right? No, no. I, okay, that's fair. Right? Yeah, because because he would reject the whole idea of a universal truth anyway. Right. So, but <laughs>
2: except for the yeah, universal true. truth that there
1: are no universal truths. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's like it's like the, the only the only the only rule is that there's an exception to every rule or some, something dumb like that. Yeah. So anyway, definitely some interesting stuff in. But right. uh, also some very stuff that has been very damaging to our culture and our society. Yeah, yeah.
2: and 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 I would also just say that you know it's not just that the that he created the uh, woke or the the, the the radical left. He also created the radical right.
1: Hmm. How? In what way?
2: Well, because the MAGA movement doesn't believe in truth whatsoever.
1: Well, so the the idea of you know this is my truth that right. is that is definitely a postmodernist kind of an attitude and yeah. it definitely does it definitely does pervade a lot of different areas of our culture in in unexpected ways you're right
2: right the, and, and 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 the idea that truth is is, is bound in, in in words and narratives and what you say and in fact in narratives and the truth of postmodernists would say that is as uh, as important or as truthful as sort of what we, the objective reality, if there is objective reality. Mm -hmm. The only thing that really counters this is the scientific method. I mean, if, if you really think about it, the only thing that has really marched through the 20th and 21st century in a way of maybe not progress, but of expansion of knowledge and expansion of understanding is the scientific method, is what the scientists have said in in most
0: cases. I would say all of the enlightenment principles, you see them actively at work and improving lives every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because you say, look, it's not as, uh, it's not as free from subjectivity as you think it is. Okay. I, I get that, and that's what this scientific mm-hmm. consensus business is, but it doesn't mean you throw the baby out with bath water. Right, I mean, this exactly is still right. these are still the tools that you have to yeah. operate with.
1: Oh well, I, I think I guess one thing that I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson recently and and, and one of the things that I might take as a uh, kind of final takeaway to this is one thing that science misses and one thing that Foucault misses is the essential role of story that you mm. that you have to have, some kind of an overarching story to mm. give meaning to not only your life right. but to a, to a community, to a culture, to a world, and, and those were religion and mythology. Exactly, yeah. all, the, all those kinds of things are the things that—that's the stuff of life. That—that's right. kind of what lends meaning to everything that we do. And is that and
2: base, is, is 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 that founded in evolution? Then that our brains were actually created to and progressed and evolved. With um, in re- interaction with story,
1: yeah, maybe. I mean, if you think um, about it, for, for 200,000 years, our ancestors would do right, what they did during the day, the and, then they'd, <laughs> and they'd, sit, they'd sit around on the fire and they'd tell stories, yep, you know. Yep. So, the, there's something really, really deep about story, and science alone doesn't address that, and this r- absurd skepticism doesn't allow for that. And I think that is more the direction where we need to go. Well, here, here, in the story. Um,
2: uh, Jordan Peterson and uh-huh. Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung, and yeah, you're right. Yeah. I agree, I agree. I mean, that's, that's, that's fascinating because, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, we as a society, as a culture, as a world, need to... The postmodernism has, 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 has fallen flat or has been argued against Science is, is still trudging along doing what it's doing, but maybe, you know, Foucault's analysis is, has pushed it in different directions or better directions or we should be. But those better directions are based on what? And maybe it is this new, um, new movement of uh, narrative, of, of meta myths out there.
1: Yeah. Which is one thing that postmodernists... Uh, postmodernism rejects yeah all right all right Whew. that was
0: exhausting <laughs> right. Re-
1: reading this guy is exhausting yeah yes. i won't be reading but, that,
0: but but i will be thinking about it <laughs> well, <don't. laughs>
1: crowhill here thanks so much for listening to beer and conversation with pigweed and crowhill If you like the show, please tell a friend or share it in whatever way seems appropriate to you. We also have a website, beerandconversation.com. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can reach us at pigweedshow at gmail.com. Thanks so much. See you next time.